You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, now all of Locked On. We might have a special guest at points during this podcast today. I have a, I'm a cat person. I'm sorry if that makes some people out there mad. Uh, if you are an anti-cat person, but I have a 14-year-old cat. He is currently sitting behind my computer. But when he gets a little late at night and gets lonely, I figured better to uh, to let him hang out nearby, possibly make some guest appearances, than uh, deal with him crying in the background. So just warning that ahead of time. Could have some guest appearance on the show. Uh, And hey, I mean, cats make the internet go round, right? So we're going to do a mailbag for the show today. We will see how far that takes us. Um, I can be long-winded, so it could take us the whole show. If not, I do have something set up as a fallback for that uh, third segment on the show. Without further ado, let's just kind of dive in. I've got the questions over here, and... Starting with from at Glenn Longwell 89 is Bowers going to get the opposing day not at first base due to his lack of options? In other words, is there actually a battle for the position? Or does Bradley have to have an OPS of 1500 win the job for opening day? I think it is Bowers to lose. And I mean, everyone wants to get hot to trot. I mean, about Bobby Bradley's performance. Yeah, he's he's hit two home runs. He's also continuing to do the other things we've seen from him uh, as a hitter. He's striking out and he's not walking enough. Uh, you know, the pulling up a tweet by uh, Bernie Pleskoff. You know, I, when I saw this, I was like, yeah, this is all true. You know, he was a, a former scout with the Astros who's written all over the place. I got to meet him a few years ago when, uh, Akron had the uh, all-star game for double a. He was there to cover it. Uh, And he talked about that, you know, like anyone, you know, I was excited when they drafted Bobby Bradley, he was kind of a, where they got him. He was definitely a value selection. And those first years he was, you know, a complete hitter in the lower minors. It's another one of those stories where when people are like, why don't you trust low minor stats? And you know, he's another player where, they're sometimes guys are so good they you you know they can just dominate a level and then as they move up you see that they have fewer and fewer actual skills that uh, a lot of it was just pure ability and it's not bobby bradley i think is likely a quad a guy in fairness i said the same thing about jesus aguilar and he's turned into about a league average bat jesus aguilar was a cleaner hitter profile though he didn't have the obscene power Bradley does, but he definitely had better on-base skills, which is, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much power you have if you can't put the ball in play. But to go back to this tweet here, when uh, I saw Mike Hattery at uh, Hatman EHC, I believe, uh, respond to this, and uh, it got me thinking, even you know, back in January, that <laughs> here's the exact quote, I've scouted Bradley since he signed. He has to improve his plate discipline, shorten his swing, recognize pitches quicker, and learn how to hit breaking balls. 
but he does lots of work needed, but he does have fastball power. Yeah. I, that I, I get, he lost 35 pounds and those stories are great, but those are the Casey Kochman got LASIK surgery. I, you know, I always refer to that story because every spring training for the past 20 years that I've really followed this stuff in depth, uh, I'm going to turn 40 this year, this summer. So, you know, it was really in my late teens where I got the ability to use the internet and follow things really in depth when it came to the Indians. But ever since then, there's been one of these stories. And to me, the, the, the one that always comes to mind more than any other is the Indian signed Casey Kochman when he was about two years removed from being decent. And even at his peak, he was a good defender at first, which is a marginal value and a league average bat. The whole thing was he was going to have a big bounce back year because he got LASIK surgery and he could actually see the ball. Well, if you can remember back to that Casey Kochman season, uh, it didn't matter if he could see the ball because he couldn't hit it. And Bobby Bradley dropping 35 pounds is great, but that doesn't change the fact that he's got a long swing. It doesn't change the fact that pitch recognition has been a big issue in the upper minors, and it doesn't change the fact he doesn't walk. Uh, you can lose a lot of weight and get stronger, but strength was never the issue with him. I, you know, I think people get excited because he hits the ball hard. I understand that. And he's put up great power numbers. But the problem for Bobby Bradley, and I've brought this up repeatedly, is first, he's a first base only guy. Like if he could play an outfield position, there'd be a chance for him to break in with the Indians. I mean, for all of Bauer's issues, he can play uh, outfield. The, the profile isn't as exciting for him at either position, but at least he can play multiple positions. And the number two part is Bobby Bradley is a one trick pony. It's power. He doesn't walk enough to add value there. He doesn't hit for enough average to have value there. He's probably going to strike out close to 40% of the time. If he is up in the big leagues, he's already a high strikeout guy and it defensively, it isn't there. And you know, the, defensively he could get better due to the lost weight. That's one of the areas we could see improvement, but for a guy who already had a, a long swing and had issues with uh, recognizing pitches quickly, uh, losing that weight doesn't change anything. He's going to hit the ball farther, uh, hit the ball harder, but th that's already what he did. That's not something that's going to improve uh, his skills in terms of making this team. So I think it is Bauer's position to lose. I think he will likely get that spot because, again, flexibility. He can do more than just play first base to gauge, and him being out of options is a big deal. Now, at the same time, if the Indians decide to go to an another way, I also wouldn't be shocked by that either because they thought so little of Bowers that they didn't even try him last year. And that's kind of a bigger issue in general when we want to talk about the Indians is how they have not been trying these young players out. And there's another question I saw coming up about that. And and that is a legit uh, issue and that is a legit concern. And that's why we have so many question marks right now is because they haven't given a lot of these young players a chance yet. So we don't really know what they can do. We don't really know what can translate. None of that stuff is really known to us. And that is, like I said, that's an issue. It's another question we'll get to. Bobby Bradley could conceivably play his way onto the team. I'm still not buying him. I, that's, you know, I, I stick by what I've seen when I've scouted him. And I will admit, I don't have the best track record with first space only prospects. I tend to undervalue them just in general because of positional value. And I kind of need an exceptional bat. 
a bat that I can think can be better than league average to uh, to make me think that that player is worthwhile. And like I said, I could easily be proven wrong, but everything he has done, he is the same hitter, same problems. If those don't improve. Uh, I think it's I think Bowers is still the favorite right now. Let's take another quick one here from Hiram. Uh, if you know. Uh, you know, local, anything at all, you, you know, Hiram, I don't need to give you a screen name. Uh, hopefully I'll let him know that I mentioned him in this one. He likes to, you know, tease me a bit from time to time, but uh, all in good fun. But Hiram asks, is you Chang making the push for a second base job? I don't think so. If you recall to last year, he did the exact same thing. He hit the ball hard in spring training and he really didn't get much of a look last year. He's another one of those guys. And I was very high on him at points. I had him as a top five prospect in the system multiple times, basically because he could walk, not a ton, but he would walk enough to make it a skill you could count on. He had power potential. He hit for power in Akron, which is a harder place to hit for power than some major league parks. And he could play shortstop. Wasn't going to win any awards there, but I thought he could be a league average shortstop who'd hit about 230, 20 home runs walk like 10% of the time. That's a starter's profile. I'm personally still not willing to give up on that, but especially with them signing Cesar Hernandez. I uh, I just can't see it right now for you, Chen Chang. And let's be honest, the Indians keep signing these vets to minor league contracts, and then Tito wants them on the team. And you go back to 2019, the revolving door of wasted at-bats on guys like Carlos Gonzalez and Hanley Ramirez. We can keep going where instead of, I mean, Chang was hurt at the time, in fairness. Um, but for a lot of the other players, instead of giving them extended looks, we keep giving guys like Mike Freeman more at-bats. And we know what Mike Freeman is. And we have such a glut of middle infielders. It feels like you're hurting the team if Mike Freeman makes this team and someone like Chang does not. I, I hope he gets a chance. I hope he gets more at-bats than he got a year ago. But he's another player. And we'll just keep talking about this. Who did not get the at-bats that I thought that uh, he needed to let us see if this is a potential starter or not for the Cleveland Indians. Real quick, let's take a break and talk about our sponsor, betonline.ag. Last week, I went through and uh, read some of the lines for the Indians. If you caught that, we'll check back in during the season to see what the lines are for the various awards for the Cleveland Indians. But the big thing to know is BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets and is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED ON to get that 50% sign up bonus. And while you're here, uh, betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get your daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team, favored picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. We're two questions in, 10 minutes into the show. Should have known I'd be a a bit of a long-winded speaker as I typically am. So let's Jason Burke at by Jason B. Uh, Hi, Jason. Jason is the host of Locked On uh, Athletics and 
used to be back in my scout days. He ran the San Francisco Giants site on uh, Scout as some background. I think I actually brought him to the network. Uh, funny twist. I, I approached him when I was trying to make sure we had everything filled in. So, hey, Jeff, first time, long time. What can we expect from Tristan McKenzie in 2021? Split season. I still think he probably starts the year offsite. I know that's not what most people are guessing at, but when you start him offsite, it's a way to keep the innings down and it's a way to delay service time. And when you combine those two for a guy who didn't pitch at all in 2019 and missed what the first month and a half of 2018 due to a back injury, it makes a lot of sense. I still think he likely, especially because they don't have as many needs in the early schedule. And with their depth, they can find ways to make it work. They're going to have so many pitchers, um, you know, Eli Morgan, Scott Moss. Those are guys I don't think Sam Henkes, I don't think make the team, but are going to be there to fill in at points. So I wouldn't be surprised. Logan Allen, uh, see some of those players uh, up in the early goings as they kind of juggle. McKenzie, 33 innings last year, I believe, top of my head, zero the year before. Do you even want him to go over 100? And if that's the case, if you're going to keep him around 100 innings, maybe 120, I mean, he's really only someone who's going to go five, six innings. He's not a guy who can take you deep into games with just the way he is and the the, the fade in his velocity. Uh, I mean, that's maybe 15 starts this year. You're pushing it. I think you go like 15, and then if you're – because you're hoping you'll make the postseason. And then from there – you at least have him available and at full strength. So if you're only looking at 15 start, a delayed start makes a lot of sense. And then he wants to know between Fran Mill, Bowers, and Naylor, who has the best season. Uh, I think it's Fran Mill. He has been consistently an above league average bat. We have not seen that with Naylor. We definitely haven't seen that from Bowers. It's this is a safe, easy bet. The Fran Mill is going to have the best season. And what should we expect from Emmanuel Class A? I worry. We're putting too many eggs in the Class A basket. I'm as guilty as anyone because that arm is, it's nice. You know, it's, he's got uh, some of the dirtiest stuff just in the whole organization. Suspended all of last year, limited innings the year before, very young. I mean, he's a guy who could be up and down this year. Luckily, they have a lot of pitching relief prospects over the history of the Cleveland Indians for as good as they've been at developing starters. They have been horrible at developing relievers i've talked about that like if now reliever is something that has been kind of a, a newer thing in baseball in general but still when you look at like the top five relievers in indians history uh in terms of war accumulated in cleveland like david risky i think was fourth more stream connection issues so i'm gonna apologize for that now but we'll see if class a can keep it together if he can have a strong season start to finish even that one year in texas he was up and down at points so I'm hoping that there is not an issue. I'm hoping that he is just fantastic and they can run from there with him without any issues at all. From Sports Nom, I always appreciate Nom. Knows a lot of good basketball stuff. I will ask him questions. Uh, if you're looking for Cavs information, go check him out. Is this going to be the hardest throwing bullpen in team history? I think so. And I don't think it's that hard compared to, I mean, how much of my life has been like Joe Borowski and Bob Wickman. I mean, Wickman was the all-time saves leader before Allen came in. Uh, in my youth, the strongest closer of like before I hit the age of 10 was Doug Jones. Uh, it's a team that has a history of soft-tossing relievers. And uh, if Nick Wetgren does end up the closer, which we've seen some talk about, 
they'll have someone else in that mold. But the uh, the guys like Class A, even if you know, I, I still think Henkis that's going to be his best role long term. Uh, so and and just let him go back there and unleash at Topher suspended, Topher sinking ship. Can you remember a time when the Indians had so many players ready to see mate? crazy time in the majors they couldn't get through feels like we've never seen enough of bowers bradley you johnson nolan jimenez etc this year well jimenez being new and nolan jones honestly wasn't you know in a regular season i think we could have seen him like september of last year i agree with you i don't understand that bobby bradley has such a limited profile like i thought he was actually a a, a candidate to go off the 40 man in the off season i would have liked to have seen more of daniel johnson um if ben gamble makes his team I understand why, but I also am going to be disappointed because it would have been nice to see what Daniel Johnson can do. I mean, tool-wise, he's got some of the best just physical tools of any of the Indians' top prospects. I think he should be no worse than a platoon player, and we haven't given him that opportunity. Bowers at least got an extended look, and it was just not good. Uh, So there's some defense there. But Chang and Johnson in particular, but even as I say that about Bowers or Bradley, they had a historically bad outfield last year. And that's just not me throwing that word. It was literally historically bad. They kept running out vets and guys who were, you know, Domingo Santana, Delano Shields, guys who aren't with this organization anymore uh, and not trying the young kids. And it's why not? Like last year was the perfect chance to finally, I mean, Daniel Johnson's 26 or is he 27 now? Like you shouldn't be worried about his service time. Yu Chen Chang has been inconsistently played. Again, these are guys that you don't value enough to give them an everyday opportunity, so there should be no service time worry. And they couldn't have been any worse than what we saw at points last year. And part of me wonders how much of that is when you had Alomar and then, you know, with Tito, both of those are vets coaches that they leaned on, you know, a Mike Freeman instead of a Yu Chen Chang. At Elvis leg, at Elvis underscore leg, no puppet, no puppet. Does it make sense to raise up a crop of middle infielders only to see them either die on the vine or get traded before they realize their full potential? How many real shortstop prospects do the tribe have right now and what percentage historically succeed? Um, I mean, one could make the case that with Yu Chen Chang, he's kind of already dying on the vine, that his value is significantly lower. If you go back to that failed Lucroy deal, remember that was Mejia Chang, Greg Allen and Sean Armstrong were the four pieces I believe reported in that deal. And Chang was the number two player. And if you, I distinctly remember, and I was back in the day when I was still at Indians baseball insider and I was doing a podcast with Tony Lestori over there. We're talking about trades with the Yankees. And it came out even then that like the Yankees like Chang, a lot of people did because of his potential as a shortstop. He's still waiting for that opportunity. Um, you know, the whole idea about tying on the vine, it makes some sense. Like if Cesar Hernandez plays well enough to get his option picked up and what happens with Owen Miller, uh, Ty Freeman should be ready at some point in 2021. Gabriel Arias is already on the 40 man. What are they going to do? And you got Jimenez, you got Rosario. Now there is a world again, I think where Rosario ends being the center fielder on this team. I will stand by that. He has the athleticism, the tools and the traits to find success there. And on the whole, this team doesn't have anyone that I feel comfortable saying is the next up. Like, I don't know about Zimmer as a center fielder. I still, I mean, Mercado was a brutal last year. And their outfield depth in terms of prospects is very weak. So I, I would rather just see them 
put Rosario out there, put Nolan Jones out there, have those guys be the, uh, you know, get, let the young guys play, see if there's anything. Same thing with Daniel uh, Johnson. But I, I think the hope is, is as these players, you know, if Ty Freeman turns into a great second baseman in 2021, 2022, if Gabriel Arias turns into, uh, I think he's, I've talked about before, there's a chance he might be the, the third base heir apparent as Jose Ramirez and his contract become imminently more tradable every year. And I've talked about next off season. I'm not shocked if he's moved just because of the limited time control left, because then you're looking at, or, you know, next, not this July, but the July after, cause that's that 18 month window where they like to move players. So that a lot of these guys, you can move them. And that's always the value of the shortstop. They can move to another position, find success. You can't move someone to shortstop from, you know, first base. So I think they'll find ways to the same way that like right now, there's no place for Nolan Jones. So he's going to get a lot of reps in the outfield. They're going to find ways to get the best bats in. And hopefully some of these guys will get those opportunities. Let's take another quick break to talk about another fantastic sponsor on the show today, rockauto.com. So I know nothing about cars. This is one of those things I've talked about many times on the show, but rock auto is an easy to navigate site, easy to understand, even for someone like myself who doesn't know about cars. And it's a great way when you have something that breaks on your car. Uh, And when I say you, I just mean people in general, for the most part, we just go and we trust people. We take their word and at the cost this allows you to have a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more confidence, right? Go keep this in your back pocket. Keep Rock Auto, family-owned business, as a way you can always check yourself. You can be like, okay, is this really a good deal on this piece? Or maybe you know someone who can fix a car, and it's all the better because you can go and find that piece for your car. And that mechanic who's willing to put in the piece you bring, like you're going to save money because... They have one central location, cut down the overhead and pass that savings on to you, the consumer. And when you go to Locked Auto, remember to write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know who sent you. It could be Locked On Indians, Locked On MLB. Make sure it's some form of Locked On. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And another reminder that tomorrow's show is Crossover Wednesday. I'm going to be talking with the boys over from Locked On White Sox. So check that out. We will be talking all things central. Uh, I mean, the White Sox are the division favorites. So it should be an interesting talk between myself and the White Sox crew about how they think things are going to play out. Are they more worried about the Indians or the Twins? Find out tomorrow. So let's dive back into questions. I was saving... A question from Pat at tangible underscore Uno. I'm probably going to Pat on the podcast at some point. He is a, a really strong writer. I've mentioned him before. Who would you pick for the opening day starting outfield based on ceiling? And I touched on this a little bit, but I think if you were looking pure ceiling for the Indians, I think it's Ahmad Rosario in center field. He's got the arm. He's got the speed almost universally because of physical tools. Yeah, he might have more value the Reds have a, a need there. But if you go and you look at the trade value site, which again is very hit or miss, it's like the like uh, Amir Garrett with the Indians bullpen needing a lefty. But a lot of people talk about Nick Senzel. It just it doesn't match up with value. Even with Senzel being a, a disappointment, his two years in the bigs. And that's the thing. That's 
when you look at a Sinzel, you look at Rosario, these are both guys who were high, high end prospects and they, they maintain their value for a while. Uh, Rosario, it's almost impossible for his value to go down any further where it is. It'll maintain throughout the year. Try him out. Let's see what can happen. But physical tools are there for him to play center field. And if the bat can be closer to what we saw in 2019, I mean, that's a slightly above league average bat with a chance to be at least an average defender in center. Uh, I think that is your best ceiling in center field. Uh, In right field, Daniel Johnson. Uh, If everything works there, the power speed combo is as good as anyone in the in the minors for the Indians. Uh, the arm is probably the strongest the Indians have. Five Legit five-tool guy. The hit tool is always going to be the concern. But you look at that 2019 season, and he made such strides. And I, I do believe in his ability to be at least a platoon bat. Uh, you could argue a Johnson-Luplo platoon is the highest ceiling combo. And I'd be okay with that, uh, except for the fact that in terms of ceiling, I think Nolan Jones is that player. Now, I understand he's a player that it makes sense for him to start the year in the minors, and he hasn't had the best showing so far in spring training. But I'm still buying on the bat, the power, the walk rate, all of those things for his age relative to level. Better athleticism than you think. So a Luplo, Jones platoon, Johnson, and one outfield spot. Uh, Rosario in center, Josh Naylor at first base. That's that's kind of the ideal for me as of now, and just in terms of ceiling. And if everything went perfectly, like that is what we would come September, because that means Rosario played so well that when Jimenez, you know, took over shortstop, because again, I'm not sure that even with all the talk that he's going to start the year with the team, because service manipulation, service time manipulation, is a big deal for the Cleveland Indians to gain extra years of control and to keep salaries low. They have this, everything set up. So Rosario can get those reps at the start of the year. And if he's hitting the chance to play him and left, or like I said, I think center field, he has the tools to play there would be ideal. So that is my ideal ceiling outfield. Uh, at Kyle Gajowski at KGA Jow, who is your pick for, the pro- who, sorry, who's your pick for break, a surprise breakout play for the Indians this year? Hmm. So who's off the beaten path a bit for the Indians? Part of me wants to, you know, it's, Logan Allen also had that weight loss story that, you know, uh, or I would, I would talk about him just because I was a big fan of him when he came over in that trade. But let's try to avoid anyone who's had a, a spring training story that, uh, that is the, you know, as I called it, the Casey Kochman LASIK equivalent. So just looking at the Indians' top prospect and then just looking at their bench in general, who is the the surprise breakout? And I guess that that's always the question. It's like if Cal Quantrell is as uh, good as a lot of us think he could be, is that a surprise breakout? I, you know, there's so many. It's <laughs> when you're at the depth level um, of someone who is hosting a daily Indians podcast, you're like, well, what counts as a surprise player? Because uh, I feel like it can't be anyone who's a projected starter for this season, right? Or would be a projected starter if not for service time manipulation. Uh, and then I immediately kind of eliminate relievers. And then from there I go. So it's like, who could actually affect the Indians conceivably this year? 
who's a surprise. Um, and that is where I struggle because it's that part. I'm like, well, who counts? Like, even in my mind, you know, I was going down the list here. I'm like, well, I, you know, I kind of like Daniel Johnson, but I mean, I, I'm projecting him as a, a guy who should get some reps this year. So is he really count as a surprise? Like that, that's the internal debate I'm having. Oh, okay. I'm going to throw this out there. Eli Morgan. Now I've been high on Eli Morgan since the Indian drafted him in the eighth round. Uh, if you were following my draft coverage back in the day, I literally talked about before the start of the eighth round that year. Go, uh, I tweeted at the Tribe Insider account and just kind of sat back and said, hey, so are we now, is this the round where the Indians are going to add Eli Morgan? And then they added him 27 picks later. And the reason I projected that as a player who would be just on the Indians radar was undersized, great secondary offering, best change up in the entire draft. And the question is, would he ever have another pitch now? And also great command control numbers. Like they are a team that do look at walk rate and uh, strikeouts to walk rate and things like that. And in his time through the minors, Morgan has stayed excellent. Go look up the numbers. I mean, it's not surprise. <clears throat> excuse me. Not surprising with a changeup as good as his was and his age relative to level that, you know, in 2017, his ERA was one. 2018 across two levels, a one eight three and then a three nine one for, you know, 133 innings. Then he gets the next year a one eight seven, a three seven nine. And then I had people ask me about, well, are you worried about AAA? I'm like, it's five innings. You're not worried about that. And maybe I'm too quick to do this because I've said the same thing about Henkis as well. When I look at a Morgan, I look at Henkis, I see guys who really have two pitches. Like Morgan has, has like, you know, has four legitimate pitches, but the problem is they're not all league average. And then the question more becomes, oh, as I said, special guest. Uh, when you talk about Morgan, is the fastball good enough? That's essentially the question. But if he's coming out of the pen, which I think is his best role, then you're hoping the fastball maybe plays up a little bit more. And that changeup is a legit weapon. That's one of those changes that can get out righties, it can get out lefties. I'm completely sold on it. And if this team does cycle through some reliefers, relievers and starters at points, I mean, they added Morgan to the 40, man. They did not want to risk exposing him because they knew there'd be a good chance they'd lose him. And the control numbers are great. The performance in the minors is great. He's undersized. He doesn't have great velocity, but his changeup might be the best changeup in the Indians minors. You know, I've said for a while, put him in the pen and fast track him. Like I said, I have some, some issues uh, in terms of like I talked about earlier. I'm not the best when it comes to first base evaluations because I just need more from the bat for me to trust it. And then I'm also tend to be uh very quick to shift pitchers. The Indians like to give guys every chance to prove that they can't be a starter before they move to the pen. Whereas I look at a guy and see, you know, fastball change up. Let's just focus on those two and go from there. So we'll see. But if you want a surprise pick for who could break out for the Indians this year, uh, Eli Morgan out of the pen, that change up could be a legit weapon as a reliever working in that role. So I want to thank everyone who's listening, rating, and reviewing. We had our biggest week ever on the pod. We just got that update this on Monday. Biggest week ever. So thank you all who are downloading daily, listening, rating, and reviewing, alerting a friend, whatever it is helping, it is working out. I have, by and large, the nicest audience out there. Very kind people. I always appreciate the interactions, the questions, 
All that stuff is fantastic. I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. And for the next year, at least, go Tribe.